22. Avoiding Distraction Avoiding distraction in this century is a battle. This may be the hardest problem of the 21st century. I have been losing that battle. While distractions have always pulled at my thoughts, today there are massive companies like Facebook and Google and Amazon plotting how to better and more completely distract me. The battle for my attention is unfair, as we are outgunned, but life is unfair. I know that prayer is a battle and was never meant to be easy. This, this is not the easy path, and I think that's one reason so many people avoid it today. I give a large portion of my day to my device. The companies that benefit from my attention serve their own purposes, not mine, and certainly not God's. I am being engineered and manipulated to fritter away my time and to doubt my greater purpose or meaning. The greatest lie, I'm told, that we have been told, is that we're connected to others and can be fulfilled by worldly things, while really we're isolating with our device and orienting our heart away from more meaningful things and spending more time with ourselves. The two commandments of the Gospels are very simple ones. One is to love God with all my heart, mind, and soul, and the other is to love one another. So the question I have is, do the tech companies appear to be pushing me in that direction? It is said you cannot serve God and man, and so I ask, which of these am I serving today? I try to heed the words of warning to not walk in darkness, but it's really hard. To keep my head up, not down, away from the phone is a challenge. And when not staring at the phone, then it's hard to avoid staring at a TV, where I fall for advertising gimmicks and good-looking actresses. Sometimes when I see a bunch of moths hovering around a porch light at night outside on the patio, I think to myself, we are really not that different from those little creatures. Show us a light on a phone or TV and we will gather and stare at it. For example, I love meeting friends for lunch at Buffalo Wild Wings, and the whole reason I do is probably because there are 50 TVs on the walls, all flashing lights of sports events and other exciting things that are happening on there. We go from one lighted screen to another nowadays, all day long, even in bathrooms, and while pumping gas in our cars, there are screens that instantly suck us in to watch them. We're worse than moths for clinging to these screens. And even though we're looking at light, I feel like we're walking in darkness. And from book one, paragraph one of The Imitation of Christ, one of the sayings there is, if we want to see our way truly, never a trace of blindness can be left in our hearts. It is his life, his character we must take for our model. Our minds are so easily entertained by dancing shadows of light, but the lights from technology are the wrong ones to chase, and my moth brain needs to realize that there's a greater light called the lumen fide, or the light of faith. The light of reason, like the porch light bulb, pulled me away for many years from the real light, which can also be found through reason, but there's a better light to be found. I think of how many times I would scroll on my phone or watch an entire season of a Netflix show and feel worse than before. 
To empty my mind of distractions and open my heart requires more effort than scrolling or chilling on the couch. It requires a daily effort. Ignoring the latest argument or scandal or meme on the internet means stepping outside of the flow of the modern world and modern thought. Tomorrow, those scandals will be different and they will fade away. Turn off the political propaganda. How can I do this? Well, first by getting off my phone. To stop clicking onto either pornography sites or news sites, it requires a choice to not do it. Millions and maybe billions of men silently struggle with the lights of porn and they don't talk about it. In fact, sometimes I'm glad my issue is drinking because it's easier to talk about than other issues and many people have them very silently and they're dealing with them on their own. To ignore the screens and ads that promise pleasure or material or honor or wealth or power, a set of tools is needed. And everyone must face this sales pitch that attempts to steal our attention. The answer is to turn the page on escapes and fantasies. First of all, the first step is to start acting like an adult. And I can start acting like that today. In fact, how many times have I seen a t-shirt or heard someone say, I can't adult today. And not only are we like moths chasing lights, but we refuse to grow up like Peter Pan because, frankly, many of our lives have been lived in comfort and without challenge to make us grow up. There is a quote from G.K. Chesterton that fits here, and he said, The Christian ideal has not been tried and found wanting. It has been found difficult and left untried. We just want to keep things the same, nice and easy, to be left alone and to be with our gossip and scandal and porn and politics. The only problem with that is then nothing changes in our heart. And surely most people have a nagging idea in the back of their minds asking them, is this really all there is? And the answer is simple, but it's really hard to face the question, honestly. If you're asking, is this really all there is? Well, when you spend adulthood pretending that the question isn't bothering you, you don't want to face it. The answer was in the thing I put in a box and kicked to the curb. I just gave it away. I never even gave it a chance once I started chasing the lights of this world. And if you've read or listened to this, this podcast from the beginning, you know the whole story of how hard it was to know where to even start in answering that question, even though it's a very simple question and answer. From that streetlight God to today, it was a long and slow path. The difficult thing is that until you set down that bag of bricks that you carry, and these are your politics, your obsession with sex, your want of money, your need for approval, you can't even get started in answering that question. If you're asking, is this really all there is? There's many things blocking you from answering that question. I know many people that say they can never consider faith because of some public policy that some group of faith faithful people are championing. And I'll tell you, they're right. They cannot get they cannot consider faith because until they set that bag down, they can't get started. They cannot surrender to win when you're white knuckling a bag of bricks. You're white knuckling it through your day. 
because you're always tense about something of this world. And to use a joke, you may have heard that masturbation causes blindness, but it's actually our ego that causes blindness. And that's spiritual blindness. I think it's the plague of the 21st century because we've been wholly sold on the self. And the, the reason movies like Fight Club did so well with men is because it tapped into the emptiness that is universal among men who have lost faith. And our moth brain has fallen for fool's gold. Tyler Durden, the antagonist, protagonist of Fight Club, a little bit of both, hit the nail on the head with this quote. He said, Our great war is a spiritual war. Our great depression is our lives. We've all been raised on television to believe that one day we'd all be millionaires and movie gods and rock stars, but we won't. And we're slowly learning that fact, and we're very, very pissed off. And the answer to this riddle, this is no longer Tyler Durden, this is me, uh, the answer to this riddle is so stupidly simple that no one wants to hear it. In, in the New Testament, there's a lot of talk about hearing versus seeing. You need to hear it first, like St. Augustine, who heard something and then later was seeing it. But the reason men are so pissed off is because we've all been worshiping things that have replaced the thing that gives meaning to our lives. And once those things that we worship here do not produce the expected result, we get angry. And the reason is that they are not God. They are things of this world. Our hearts are wired for something beyond, and we're disappointed in anything less than that. I know it sounds easy, and really, to get started is easy, but it's really hard to maintain. But the good thing is it's easy to start. Even if you attempt to pray and think you don't know how, you're already praying by attempting it. And the best prayer I know, other than the serenity prayer, which I've talked about, but there's even a better one, is this one-liner, and it goes, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. And that's it. It's one line. God, have mercy on me, a sinner. There's other ways you can say it of, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. But if you're just starting with trying to even make sense of God, something beyond, something bigger than yourself, then just start with, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Say it ten times in earnest, and it will be a true prayer for you. And then the distractions will come, don't worry. The phone won't forget about you, because you can't forget about it. Use silent mode or hide the damn thing for a while. The mind provides ample distraction alone. You don't also need a phone to aid and abet the wandering consciousness. Try not to follow the distraction, but stay put in the moment. And here's one quote from the Catechism for you, as, again, it, it usually makes the point so much better than I can. And this is from a section entitled, uh, titled, The Battle of Prayer. The habitual difficulty in prayer is distraction. To set about hunting down distractions would be to fall into their trap, when all that is necessary is to turn back to our heart. For a distraction reveals to us what we are attached to, and this humble awareness before the Lord should awaken our preferential love for Him and lead us resolutely to offer Him our heart to be purified. Therein lies the battle, the choice of which master to serve. <laughs>